How's it going, everybody? So, what up, boys and girls? I'm trying something new. Ah, uh, yes, he is trying the the tried and true method of the LARP. The LARP? No, oh, I yeah. actually like I like tobacco a lot. Based. But as you know, tobacco is very expensive. But you can buy like literally a kilo worth of. Uh, did I just use a a gay non-American way of saying? You just use the real a ton form of, of measurement. A ton of tobacco. You can buy a ton tobacco. of of tobacco for like five bucks. But that's actually not what um I was about to say was new. So what is new? is a new form oh my son's crying in the background sorry about that based in w can't hear it really no okay that's actually good so what i am trying is what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna bring the other paul on and he's just gonna try to debunk catholicism to me oh yeah it's gonna be long form chill you know so what are what is everybody saying in the chat saying a lot of things there's a lot of emogus in the chat Amogus. Other Paul's busy warding off a spider the size of a large toddler. Funnily enough, that's actually not necessarily an exaggeration. You can find huntsman spiders that are like that big. Really? Oh, yeah, you can. There's a famous video of someone up in Queensland, the state just north of me. And they're, oh, you guys have they're on like. Sorry? Y'all have states? Yeah, we got states, but they're not like, they're not like semi autonomous mini republics like the United States, even though that's less and less the case now. Um, they have some degree of independence, but the federal government can just do whatever the hell they want with law and the states just have to comply with it for the most part. It's kind um, of how it is in America. It, sorry? It's kind of how it is in America. Kind of, but like officially a constitution doesn't allow for that, even though that is being violated like and has been for a long time. And even, but even with that, it's um it's nowhere near as like an advanced cancer like in Australia. Man, that sucks. So how would you like to debunk Catholicism today? Yes, okay. So if I wanna gotta get into the gotta get into character here. So <clears throat> ready to I am ready to debunk. I am, my debunking is ready to go. And I don't know how long I'm gonna last with this hat because I feel I feel like I have all manners of STDs just wearing it. But uh here we go. So, uh, a first one. A first one I want to consider. Let's look at this. Flip the comments. What's actually? Oh, we got an Aussie or two in there. How absolutely beautiful. The what, what, what did I say? The six states of okay. I thought he said the six states of sus. I don't know. But Top neckbeard. So you're in neckbeard mode. That's right. I'm in neckbeard mode because now I'm in I'm in debunking mode. But um. <laughs> Can the other ball debunk my parents' divorce proceedings next? Thanks. <laughs> oh my word <laughs> i wasn't expecting that oh boy i'm gonna christian my lady but yes so my first my first debunking the first thing i think absolutely debunks roman catholicism is that it's clear in the very name itself roman catholicism is not the one true entire church because it's roman before it's catholic it's Roman. How do you how do you how do you so, how do you take on that? That's a, that's an interesting point. So I would answer that um, 
by the idea of representation and um, a more particip uh, participative view of representation. For example, Israel was not um, non-Israel just because they had a center and just because the entire uh, country part participated in the temple. Because uh, when you have representatives, the, the people in general uh, participate in the representative. For example, you can, you can speak of uh, the United States government as Washington, because that's where the head and fount and plenary plenitude of power comes um, uh, governmentally. So in, 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 a, in an analogous manner, uh, when it comes to Roman Catholicism, the head and center is founded Rome. And that's where the entire church participates in. But it doesn't mean that it's not uh, both Roman and Catholic. If, if you get what I'm saying, I hope that made sense. It does. Just so everyone knows, please don't think that I'm sacrificing my intellectual integrity here. This is tongue in cheek. So I'm not going to be, um, I'm not going to always be providing the best of the best. I'm, I'm providing some, uh, I'm going to be providing some shite takes as well for the good memes. But may so also do, do you, do you take the argument that like James White takes that, that the Pope has taken to himself the names of the Holy Trinity? Is it, it depends on what names he's thinking of. Cause I know there's a lot of papal titles. Uh, Vicar of Christ. Mm. Um, Holy Father, and then I think he does Alter Christus, and those three yeah. means that he's taking to himself the names of the Holy Trinity. Yeah, um, it's tricky because we all, everyone recognizes there's there's good Holy Father. I can I can kind of see the argument in that one. Um, obviously, they're not trying to say, "Oh, look, I am the whole, I am the Father incarnate," but I can kind of see the logic anyway. Because like intention isn't everything. Just because you intend something doesn't mean that doesn't yeah. validate your action necessarily. So I can kind of see the argument with Holy Father where it does seem in some capacity to elevate the man that is the Pope um, a bit too much higher up than he should be. So, and as Catholic Orthodox Inquirer hat says, yes, he's got the, I've got the autism hat on. That's, uh, I've got that ready. I've got that on. Um, someone else says, Tim, Tim E, the other Paul conceived without cringe, pray for us. So, so my, my argument would be like, what, what what at least is making sense to me because I, I don't think that's exactly the best argument in the world and I don't think most uh, Protestant apologists would think that it's the best argument in the world no. but like in a in a sense we can agree that we're all vicars of Christ we we, oh, yeah. we have yeah, we have right. went out as um, other Christs to to the people mm -hmm. representing uh, his banner and his person mm -hmm. so I, I don't I don't really get why that's like Pontifex Maximus. It's well, it'd be because when using Vicar of Christ for the for the for the Pope himself, it's not doing it in that basic sense that we all have Christ in us and we're representing Christ and all that. But he is quite literally the Vicar of Christ on Earth. That's that's what they say. And I reckon someone may try to argue that that's actually kind of um, hijacking the role of the Holy Spirit because the, the the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, the Helper, that was meant to be the one to come after Christ to continue things on, um, to, to represent Christ, so to speak. Um, so someone might try to argue, I don't know if I would, but someone might try to argue that, that yeah, the Pope's kind of like just de stealing the Holy Spirit's game. Okay, let's see. Actually, yes, bon Bonaventure's got a very good point here. Uh, uh, if Roman Catholicism is true, why is he called John the Baptist? That's true. Why is he called John the Baptist? Um... John the Roman Catholic. You know what? I, I, I concede. I am I'm going to become Protestant again. I forgot that uh John is John the Baptist, not John the Roman Catholic. 
That means you have to be unbaptist, the other Paul. So you'd ultimately participate. Hey, in I'm, I'm, I'm cool going reformed Baptist. I'm, I'm cool with that. Particular Baptist, not reformed Baptist. Ah, oh, frick. Um, well, uh, hmm. What's that quote from Thanos again? Um, the the greatest the greatest sacrifices require the strongest wills, or something like that. I, okay. I, I can... What 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 would you say would be your next like go to? Um, objection. <laughs> Just as a preface, that one wasn't fully serious. I'm not intending to be entirely serious with these ones. Um, my next, probably my last non-fully serious one would be, Paul says to call no man father, but you call your priests and even your Pope father. What's the deal with that, Christian? Debunked. Well, St. Paul debunked. says that I've become a father to many of you so and also in that in that locus of text he says to call no man teacher so you're you're running into a little bit of problems there the other paul you know what that kind of uh that argument i I think there's a name for i don't know the name of it but the argument i don't know if it's an argument ad absurdum where like oh well if you believe this then you'd have to believe this conclusion as well. And that's ridiculous. Yeah, argument to Madam. I think that would be argument to yeah. Madam. So you wouldn't think that I love your, own, I love. your own father, father. So yeah, yeah. No, no jokes aside. Well, for one, I don't call my father, father. I call him dad. Um, but my, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite thing to do with arguments at absurdum is that they are, they are like, they are actually such a risky move and people don't realize it because it just takes the other guy to not grant your premises to say, um, okay, I'll grant that too. And then you're like, you're just stuck with your pants down. And it oh, happens yeah, a lot with me just because, like, I don't accept, like, normie premises in most things in reality. So when someone says, like, what's, what's like, a good example? Like, has anyone ever given you an argument at absurdum and you're just like, okay, and? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, <laughs> like oh, if you're going to believe, like, um, young earth creationism, you're going to have to believe in, like, geocentrism. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, so. okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, you're, you're gonna have to believe in the four elements okay yeah you have to believe in like the humors okay yeah sure i do wait wait Faith. so uh, like if it's the um what's what's that one the passion translation if it's the passion oh. translation call no man daddy are you freaking kidding oh my. no 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 i'm joking i'm joking, I'm joking. you know i would love to look up that passage anyway what's that passage again call no man father I don't know. I'm just a LARPer. I don't read the Bible. That's true. You don't. You don't read the. You don't. I'm a, I'm Matthew twenty three nine. Matthew twenty three nine. Passion translation. Let's see what they say. Um, and you are not to be addressed as father, for you have one father who is in heaven. Okay. Well, passion translation doesn't go bonkers on every single. Passage, wait, wait. How but... about the message? Look up the message for that passage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the message man. is going to be like five paragraphs. That, that's what the guy no, does. That's the, the passion guy, translation. Like... The message. Are you red pill um, four elements? Yes. That is weird. It is actually longer. It is actually a fair bit longer. It says, don't set people up as experts over your life, letting them tell you what to do. Save that authority for God. Let him tell you what to do. No one else should carry the title father. You only have one father and he's in heaven. Bruh, what? Don't let people set out. Don't set people up as experts over your life. I like yeah okay bye bye shepherds see you later we're just like anarcho ecclesialism now <laughs> anarcho no no it's anarcho everything because they yeah. they said experts in anything so like mm-hmm. anarcho like 
science and stuff like What's that. that. What's that? What's that, doctor? You said I've got stage four cancer. I don't believe you. You're not an expert over my life. Stuff off out of here. I only got Jesus. <laughs> okay. It's nearly yeah. 1 a.m. and I have to wake up at 7. Lame. Boo-hoo. Wait, wait. Comfort uses the call no man father argument? Does Ray Comfort really? use that argument? I can. Im- I don't know. I don't know. I can imagine he might, though. Because um, I can yeah. imagine someone trying to make it more sophisticated and say, yes, that's true. We do call our dads father and all that stuff. But that's not in the same sense as calling someone else a father. Whereas with a priest, they call him father in a very super spiritual sense that violates. I can imagine them trying to make that argument. But I'd just be like, yeah, no. Wait, wait, Paul, you deny the filioque? Yeah. Just kind of like, not even passionately or like actively. It's just, it's just kind of passively. I haven't studied a whole ton on the issue, but I just see, I just like, I just, I just tip my biblicist hat and it's like, I see nothing of it in scripture. So I just kind of passively say, no, I don't believe it. Yeah, but the temporal missions reflect the eternal missions. And the son has said to, and the son has said to send the spirit. Sweet. Yes. Does that mean that there is hierarchy within the Trinity? No, there's Iraqi well, submission it, because it tech- the temporal Christ submits to the eternal father. Woo! Let's go. Well, well, technically <laughs> we we can speak of we can speak of authority and submission in a certain sense. Yeah. Like I've yeah. seen plenty of dogmaticians in the 19th century, mm-hmm. Roman Catholic dogmaticians talk about this. So it, it's completely fine, but mm-hmm. I, I still don't get like the like husband uh, wife submit to husband because son submit to father i don't i don't i don't get that yeah yeah that's the half that's the that's the whole eternal subordination controversy are you very familiar with that or i'm yeah i had that's a, like a big um, evangelical thing yeah my i learned the trinity uh from from a reformed uh theology professor who was like really big in this debate so he just spent like all the time debunking What's his name um uh keith matheson Keith Matheson, I think. I don't know. If, I don't know if I use him. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember I studied this topic a, a fair bit, but and I did. I did like for my major essay. <laughs> I don't need a doctor. My Patreon donors will say. <laughs> That's true. That's Become true. A patron, a patron, Become a patron. Patreon.com slash Milton Thomas. Subscribe yeah. to slash the other the dash other dash Paul. Okay. Stretch and finally blocked me. Okay. <laughs> Okay, send me a link to the stream so I can... Okay, so I guess Bonaventure okay. will moderate us. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. That's cool, yeah. Um, but this is the final comment as well. Like, on my Trinity um, course, my last major essay, um, I did it on the ESS controversy and gender issues. And I came to the conclusion that the guy, the ESS guys, like at least with like Wayne Gruden, for example, who would use it as an analogy for gender relations, um, yeah, no, nah, doesn't work at all. Because, but nonetheless, I do affirm that there is a meaningful sense in which we can say that the son does submit to the father and that contra those who are just totally against that. They're normally like the social Trinitarian or perichoresis types and all that. who are just like, oh, perfect equality between all the persons and all that stuff. And they'll say like, yes, yes, there's a different, there's a, there's an order within the chi- in the in the Trinity. There's the taxis, okay? So the father's like, or, in terms of order, he's first and then the son and the spirit and all that. Um, but that doesn't mean submission. That doesn't mean submission. And I say, well, I don't think so because what, how it appears to work where, and, and it's true that there's no, that there is not a human type of submission between son and father because there's one will. That's the key. That's kind of the key thing that unless you want to argue that there is possible to have three wills and one God, that's, that's a bloody mountain of a task, but no one wants to argue that in the evangelical circles. So that's, that's kind of the defeater in my opinion for the analogy. Um, but with that being said to say, 
the the best analogy I thought of with how there's one will yet three persons and all that is basically like your brain and all your body parts. Like it's the, my, my arm has a will in one sense. My arm is doing this, my arm is doing that, but that will originates from my brain. But in also in that sense, we can say that my arm is subordinate to my brain because the brain is the source of the will that moves my arm. And so in that sense, I believe it is proper to say that the son does submit to the father precisely because the one divine will originates in the father and then goes to the son. So that's what I argued in my essay and I made it, made my qualifications very clear and very strong. And my marker professor still accused me of potential semi-Aryanism. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so funny. I was, I was just laughing when I read it. I thought I did a, I thought I did a good job. I thought I did a good job, but... uh. Yeah, where where fair. where was I reading? Oh, subordination text. There you go. Essay. Modify it and then put up my essay. Yeah. Okay. Ah, I'll find it later. Yeah, there was there was um. Oh, I'm actually going to change this to. There you go. That doesn't look as autistic. Yeah, what I, what I, I know there's a section in Hall's Dogmatic Theology in the Trinity where he talks about the proper sense in which we can speak of the uh, the Son and Spirit being subordinate to the Father. Yeah. Yep, there is that. That is such a I had thing. A, the, I had uh, to step in, fellas. Yeah. If I don't step in, it's going to be like two SE kids in a classroom by themselves. It'll be really terrible. Oh, okay, so okay. Bonaventure, Bonaventure, you, you, at, you tell Paul to tell me questions, and then I'll tell <laughs> you to tell Paul my answers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if it's gonna work because I'm, okay, so... I'm, I'm, I'm what I am what is commonly called a man, and I address people directly. So, if authority where... is a property of the divine <laughs> essence, and the son submits, then he doesn't possess the he doesn't possess the entirely possess the divine essence. Okay, I, th I, mean, I think I know what you're talking about. I but, guess wait. I guess if you're like a hyper like a hyper devout Aristotelian Aristotelian, then maybe, <laughs> but like. Well, well, yeah, they're equal. They're equal in authority, but when it comes to uh, the accommodations yeah. and the temporal missions, yeah. we we can speak of the sun being sent. Yep, you're you got to be. This is the Dude, this is the problem of this is part of the problem of like technical analytic type of definition oh, okay, thank and philosophy you. and all that stuff. It makes it makes it kind of things. Yeah. So, uh, are we going to talk about whether? Um, so you'll like this one, Paul. Whether the <laughs> whether the sun proceeds from the uh, the necessary or free knowledge of God. Uh, there, there's like this was like debated hardcore and like among the schoolmen. Is there like does the sun proceed like formally from the necessary or the free knowledge of God? And they were like fighting to the death over this one. No, it's just... I, I'm I'm just the the Chad biblicist and say he just proceeds from God. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> don't need to, don't need to, don't need to clarify it. <laughs> he has toilet paper on his face. God, they they are brutal when it comes to the mask. Okay, okay. Let, let's right, get back. Alex, let's get Alex, back on to at least go back to like okay. like the the terrorist mask. Like, you yeah. Make if, uh, if 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 Christian gets uh, three gajillion followers, I'll uh, I'll do a face video. How about how about how about six gorillion followers? Okay, yeah. if I. What once I once I quit my job that same day I'll do a stream with Alex, and Alex will have no mask on. How and Alex face reveal. <laughs> yeah, Alex face reveal. You guys and have to Eric elect, last name reveal. Elect Christian to be Pope, 
and then and then I'll do face reveal once Christian becomes the Pope. <laughs> let's do it, boy. Let's make it happen. Pope Wagner. No, it wouldn't. Wait, what, what would your paper name? I'm curious. I would Wagner. be Pope, Pope, Pope Pius the Thirteenth. Yeah, I already know you're taking Pius. I'd be Pope Peter the Second and ushering the end of the world. What if I'm Pope Thomas Aquinas? <laughs> Because you can technically yeah, choose, those... like, anything within reason, can't you? Yeah, so I could choose. Yeah, yeah. yeah Pope could choose Thomas Aquinas. I mean, they chose, they named themselves after uh, St. Francis yeah. of Assisi. Yeah. So I don't know why I couldn't about... choose Thomas, up with Thomas Aquinas. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Oh, man. Like, but what about, like, Pope and then, like, some Aboriginal name or something? What's, like, what's some, what's an Aboriginal name? Um, Pope Ballandella. <laughs> Let's let them do that. Yeah. Yeah, Pope Robert Bellarmine. That'll be your name. Pope Bellarmine. Yeah. Pope Bellarmine the first. I'll just I'll just assert my dominance and just say Pope Facey. I need a few Medici and a stack of cash. We can do it. Pope says I just straight up chosen their birth name. Just kept it. My name is Pope Zosimus the second. Wait, <laughs> Calvin, uh, author jog, author chog Anglicana says maybe I should join the stream to translate Paul's <laughs> accent. <laughs> Not the worst idea. I don't think I've chatted with the guy yet, and he's actually he's actually local with me. Wait, is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. There's actually a couple of people I know um, who fans. I of thought mine he, I thought he was um, British from his accent. Orthochog. No, no, he's 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 a local. I don't know where he's from originally, but he is a local to me. And I won't dox it obviously. But uh but yeah, I've met a couple people. Like what's his home address? Okay, so it is uh it is fifty two Smith Street in no. Smith Street, like the most common street. <laughs> okay, question. Street. We're supposed to be doing Yes, we're supposed to be debunking Catholicism. We're we're gonna be getting more into that. So let me whoop one second. Got this, blah 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 blah. Are we gonna do a meme review at the end of this? No, no, we have a chill stream at nine. Oh, okay, even better. Cool, cool. Um, Okay, so my next one. Here's a serious one, an argument I'm actually developing myself. um, And I'll probably be using it in like my second part stream, of my two-part streams on Roman Episcopacy and the Petrine office and all that. So the second one will be focusing on the Petrine office. And so, oops, Christian talking right now? Or are you just listening? Oops. I think he's talking. He is talking with someone. I'll wait for him to come uh, to not be taken captive by the the woman. No, she's giving me chicken. She's getting me chicky nuggies, guys. She's getting you chicken nuggies. She's getting chicken nuggies, boys. She's getting me chicky nuggies. So I I wouldn't be flexing too hard. She's she was just asking me how many chicky nuggies I wanted. So uh maybe I want all of them. You know, Eric and Eric. Eric and I, when we were in high school, we used to go to Burger King all the time and get like the fifty chicken nuggets and just eat them. That was great. And we used legendary. to like chill, chill in the Burger King parking lot. Oh yeah, those were the oh, days, bro. man. That that's when I peaked. Okay, go that's go ahead, man. restart your argument. Okay, yes. Yeah, so this is my first serious argument. It's one I'm actually developing myself. I don't think I've ever seen someone. I'm sure someone maybe has proposed this at somewhere at some point, but I've never seen it in the online discourse myself. But basically. I think I've shown I think I've shown you as part of that syllogism I sent you, Christian, mm-hmm. and it's kind of partially there. But basically, uh, Peter, all the apostles, but in this case, Peter's powers, particularly um, with t- regards to binding and loosing, establishing uh, infallible binding truth, and that on the church, 
all of that was predicated on public revelatory prophecy, which is why, for example, what he wrote has become scripture, for example, and why others, and yet Rome claims that public prophetic revelation has ceased, which is why a Pope can't just write a new scripture, for example. So in light of that, does that to me seems to demonstrate that the powers that Rome has basically denied the powers of binding and loosing since that power is defined as whatever you shall bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, basically prophecy, prophecy from what heaven, heaven says. Um, and they exercise that in the form of universally binding uh, things, re uh, revelation and well, public revelation. So I'd like to see how you, how you, how you consider that. Yeah. I, uh, my, my first thought, is that I would distinguish. Um, oh, here we go. I'm gonna distinguish. Here's a distinction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna contradistinguish the minor premise, I'm guys. I'm gonna self-distinguish the, the major premise. Okay, so yeah, I would distinguish <laughs> go, between. Gone. Wait, he's gone. Okay, I guess it's just a skin. We can, we can zoom back in. So I would distinguish Whoa. between uh between the formal and then material uh gaining. Uh, so to speak yeah because materially there's no nothing added on but formally you can speak of something being added on i i have no idea what you just said so think think about it this way the um there's i'm i'm going to i'm going to explain this so the other Paul can under, so you so you dumb prots can understand no no so my dumb australian there's a difference no no, no no say say in the jay J dyer voice so the dumb prots can understand is we're going to bring it down to more simple language so that the stupid protestants based on their western foundationalism can understand my esoteric arguments there you go that's exactly what i'm doing okay so so with with the material principle of something so let's say uh when it comes to dogma which is uh mm. principally uh what I would say binding and loosing would be speaking or making authoritative judgments about dogma, binding and loosing in that way. Or it could be speaking about okay. excommunication, but we'll, we'll stick with dogma. So dogma is going to be a, a house. The apostles have ordered the church to, to uh, continue building this nice old house. Mm -hmm. And with the public revelation, they have given us a bunch of, uh, I don't know, bricks. There's no okay. new bricks. Okay, there's no new it, bricks. Yeah. yeah, there's no new bricks which are being yeah. made, but the house is still being built. Okay. That's now, what I mean. to, to which I would to which I would say that I don't think that touches the argument because my argument is that the powers include binding and loosing powers inextricably include the power to make to give new bricks, to give new wood and all that stuff. And so for Rome to claim the powers of binding and loosing, they should be claiming the powers of being able to receive and promulgate new public revelation which is why chad mormons they're just like uh yeah we got a new revelation we're literally apostles yeah. um but um but yeah that's why that's why i think there's a major inconsistency in that in rome explicitly denying that there is new public revelation they have effectively denied the power to bind and loose <clears throat> because that does include the power to give new bricks well then i would simply uh deny the major premise so i would deny um the fact that that's the definition of of uh, yeah. binding and loosing. Okay. I have, well, very, I, have very nuanced, I have a very nuanced position. I think other Paul's wrong. I think your mom's wrong, Alex. <laughs> I have a very, I'm a very nuanced position. I think he's wrong. That's my very nuanced. I've already thought All that. Right, well, hang on, we're putting, where's the Lofton hat? We have the nuanced time, boys. I was thinking about deeply, kind of pondering. I don't know. I was just gone for five seconds. I just read through about five books while I was gone. I just think he's wrong. I think that's the. 
I think I think my answer is no. Yeah, I would I would yeah, I would deny exactly how you're interpreting binding and loosing. Let me see if yeah. uh yeah, that's how you do it, yeah. Let me see. You, you keep oh. talking about something. I'm gonna check my yeah. Google Drive oh, for my seen. entire library. Of the, books. Chat, the chat likes my dire impression. Jeremiah Zinnemann, that impression was better than dire. It's a very good dire. I'm gonna be honest. It's a very good dire. It sounded more like dire than dire. Yeah. Can we get you to like read like all of like I don't know like Paradise Lost or something in the dire impression voice? <laughs> I should <laughs> record an audio book of like one of Dyer's books. Do you, do wait, you Dyer wrote a book. Yeah, yeah you know, two um, of them. He's right. I didn't know he, one, one I didn't of them know was, he like, knew how to write something about Hollywood and like the two part of background on that or about how Hollywood's full of Freemasons or something like that. Yeah, something like that. He because he's big. He's big into the like occultic stuff with like pop- popular culture and all that. Yeah, he's a um, he's a conspiracy theory conspiracy theorist first and a theological second. I don't mean that in a necessarily negative sense, but I mean it's. Oh well, yeah, because like because conspiracy theories, there are conspiracy theories. They do exist. So yeah, yeah, I don't mean it necessarily I'd say it's a conspiracy sense. theorist is just someone who investigates those things. You know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Jason Dietin. What the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's you're about to get debunked right now. I found a section in the uh, Sacre Theologiae Summa. So the metaphorical expression of binding and loosing indicates the power of making laws, of judging, and of punishing. And the power is said to be of such amplitude and force that God will satisfy whatever is decreed by it. So thus, it is supreme and absolutely independent, so that having no other power on earth as its superior, it embraces the whole church and all things commanded, committed to the church. So yeah, I, again, I, I do think it would... Uh, Wait, it how would does that refute my argument? So it would refute your argument, because if I, as I've argued before, is when it comes to the magisterium, it's not um, adding material principle, as I said, but it's more of a judiciary function. Well, well, that's the thing. I I agree. That's the thing. I agree. But I say that because of what Rome herself claims that public revelation has ceased. Yeah, they have to to remain consistent in my argument with binding and loosing include the power of revelation. But because they don't, then I argue that they um, they have effectively denied for themselves the power of binding and loosing. How are, and the only way the only way out of it I know of is to give that kind of a formal material distinction that you give. But it's one that I uh, where like oh there there's the, the, this form of the power where you're able to give new divine revelation as well as build the house itself. Oh, but now there's a later form of the power where there's no new there's no new revelation, and yet you're able to give the same heaven bound certainty bindingness infallibility as the as the material thing. That's the only way to get it. That's the only way to get out of it. I'd see, but then it would just simply be like, look, there's. No, no such distinction is made anywhere in scripture, nor I'd argue with like the earliest fathers or actions of the church. And so that's pretty much, that's pretty much, that's pretty much what I'd say. How are you defining, how are you defining revelation? So revelation. So pretty much as simple as, as simple as you're receiving, you're receiving direct knowledge, insight and all that from God, from heaven itself. And then, and then with the public aspect of revelation, you make that, binding that's that's pretty much what public revelation is with the key example of that being scripture the apostles the prophets all that they received they received revelation directly from god himself and then they preached it or they put it in writing and by virtue of the fact that it's from god himself it's and then of course put into representatives that he himself established then that is binding across the full spectrum the full uh, movement 
Hmm. I guess by that definition of revelation, then yeah. So that's that's kind of going to have to be the battleground. Um, what binding and loosing means. That's kind of like your one out. Yeah, because since I view the magic, because most people view the magisterium, um, I, at least I've seen popularly, just like you have this. Basically, you have the body of the apostles who are receiving new doctrine and. Like basically, that's how popularly people would view it. Yeah, but I think um, we have to be more careful to emphasize the fact that it's a judicial body who is making judgments. Like, for example, in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. with the uh, judicial body of the priests, uh, they wouldn't necessarily be revealing new revelation in the sense of public revelation, but they would be inspired and uh, led by the Holy Spirit to make correct judgments. And I would say the same thing about the magisterium um depends what you're thinking of if you're talking about like the priests and the judges in civil disputes and all that is that what you're thinking of or yeah i, I would be talking about like um like i think it's in deuteronomy um maybe leviticus where uh, I think uh, it's the, leviticus, yeah yeah where if you have a dispute about the law go to the priest yeah and listen I, basically listen I, to him. I deny myself that, that there would be uh, sorry I'm pretty sure that's in Deuteronomy, uh, not Leviticus. That's all. Leviticus no, no, no. There is. is um, I mean, there is no. There, might... there are there there are Levitical passages on this stuff, on um on dealing with disputes and the judges of the law of the priests and the judges and all that stuff. But I, I would I would deny the the premise that they were guaranteed to be infallible in their judgments. It simply just established the norm for how to go about this. That's yeah, yeah I would I would agree that they would because uh, the synagogue was not given the same promise as the church. Mm, right. so yeah, so yeah, yeah which is, which is going to be the big dispute because basically the whole the whole protestant response and uh the response i've seen in most reformed when it comes to the the papist argument like okay the church is indefectible um like uh what what's his name um uh man i'm being john fisher john fisher in his response um against william tyndale I, mm -hmm. I think no, no, uh, Suarez in his response against James James first, where he basically says like, look, um, if uh, the church is indefectible, if it's lost an article of the faith or added on an article of the faith, then there mm -hmm. would be a defect in doctrine. And then the the normal Protestant response is, hey, look at what the what happened in the synagogue. But the counter is, I I don't think the same promises were given to the synagogue and the church. Okay. To, to clarify, it's in um, someone like, says Deuteronomy it's, eighteen. It's Exodus eighteen and Deuteronomy like twenty one, twenty five. That's where there it's Caden, uh, Alex is becoming the new militant Jamie. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Orthochog, Orthochog says, can you bring Shia Alex back on? He is more interesting. I can, uh, <clears throat> I can get you like halfway there. This is like yeah, halfway. I would definitely say I'm closer to Reformed thought than Luther. Like halfway thought. there. Just really? a thousand, a thousand. This is the, this is the, this is the, the, the police photo of the last known location of a, of a, of a terrorist. <laughs> All right, hang on. This, this is for the screenshots. If anyone wants to make another meme of me, because some of my fans, I love it. I appreciate it so much. They make memes from my. The Hezbollah Paul meme. Streams. The Hezbollah. <laughs> I'll do this one as well. <laughs> this is one more. 
<laughs> that Hezbollah one was freaking hilarious. Yeah, Hezbollah was awesome. The Paul Joint has Wagner seen the Paul Joint Hezbollah meme? Yes, I have. <laughs> but you know what's great? Chick Fil A sauce in a box. Do you have Chick Fil A in Australia? No, we don't. I hope we do one day. I hope we do. Have we have something Chick-fil-A even better. Before? We have we have some we have two places. We have two places called El Jana and Hawa. And uh, these are charcoal chicken Arab joints. Um, and they are they're charcoal chicken chips and garlic dip. Immaculate to die for. To yeah, die for you might, get, you might get, to die for you might get blown up at the I, yeah. would, I would I would die for the cause of Allah to protect Hawa and El Janna. Okay. Okay. So do you have do you have any more arguments or is that your only arguments against uh so I also I thought I also thought this I, was actually, actually really the other Paul one. might be the first Christian in history to deny the Filioque and baptismal regeneration. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I have I, I have I have a really good one. So uh here here we go, uh, Christian. This is the one I, I took this from a very smart scholar named Jay Dyer. It's a very good argument, in my opinion. So the argument follows so if the Roman Catholic Church is true, then why does the Vatican Bank do usury? Why? why headed by by Goldstein or something? Yeah. Why? Why do they? Why? What's the reason? Why do they do usury? Yeah. 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 Well, they do they, realize they, they they do realize that like the Vatican Bank isn't part of the Magisterium, right? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, 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 I mean, what's it? I mean, it's Vatican. It's got the name Roman Catholic on it. So yeah, it has, Roman, it has Roman, Vatican in the name. What do you think Vatican? Yeah, it's is? Vatican in the name, bro. It's the same Roman, thing. Roman Catholic bad, therefore Roman Catholicism debunked. Christ, Christ himself established the Vatican Bank, so it can't defect. All right, all right. I have a second. I have a second one. I have a second one. Okay, here we go. All right. It, it's, the one, it's the one that I want to put. It's the one that Dyer actually used. So I'm not even. Both of these are ones that actually he used. I'm not even joking. So keep that clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if papal infallibility is true. Then why did it take 1,800 years for the first Vatican Council? I mean, that wouldn't be a logically deduct. That wouldn't be a logically deductive sound argument. But I reckon that's a that can be a good inductive argument if you give more detail. I mean, we have to recognize that um, in the scope the of like distinguish and sub distinguish. And- in the scope of history, how how dogma has been declared is what you have is you have the question first brought up and then you have a ton of reflection on it. And in this case, it was brought up around 9th, 10th century among some of the canonists, early medieval canonists. And it was thought and debated for centuries and centuries and centuries. And dog the dogma doesn't get declared until there is a certain after a certain point of reflection a certain universal agreement and um, and and surety about it. And that surety took a while to to reach. And I mean a similar question such as the the relationship between the church and those outside of the visible church. Hmm. That that's another example of reflection that has been that that had been a question since the second and third century among some authors, such as Saint Cyprian. That had been questioned, and uh, Saint Augustine. Those were those were questions being asked for fifteen hundred years, or more like eighteen hundred years before at Vatican II, it was finally decided. And then the school school of Salamanca, and in the post Reformation Church, after they had founded the the New World, 
those were those were questions which had been debated for like literally forever so we no matter what you're going to have um a long period of time and then some questions are easier to answer such yeah. as the trinity mm-hmm. and the divinity of christ oh yeah very easy some, to answer that one <laughs> yeah very easy to answer it if you're not right. if you're not a prod if, if you have the holy spirit it's very easy yeah to answer. Uh, and I, my third question is my third question my third also very good <laughs> so uh if roman catholicism true then why papists rely on forgeries like donation of constantine facts Facts. That is a Let good me, question. To, to, to um, it is a good one because that argument can be formulated well. And the best way I've heard it formulated was by that author apologist Ubi Petrus in his videos on this. And he gives a line, whatever one thinks about him personally and his arguments not, he gives a really good line in my opinion, where he says, "If you already have the deed to the house, then why do you rely on a forgery?" Yeah, but the, that issue, that, the issue with that, I'll say, I'll put it this way: that Are you serious, Phobius? Phobius was notorious for making for he made forgeries. The West yeah. they received forgeries. The East <laughs> like literally say. just made up forgeries. That's what I was gonna say. That argument works better if you take a Protestant position because you're not relying on Phobius. Who? Like, yeah, that's it. It's like if yeah. it's focused specifically against the papacy, so maybe they could say like, okay, yeah, sure. Granted, our people have at times relied on forgeries and all that. Um, but with regards to the papacy, which is meant to be like foundational to the Christian faith, I guess they'd say like, look. Just, just by the fact that it exists. Look, if it existed, why you guys are lying? They thought the Phodius thing was was big enough to schism over. Yeah, and, and his, his thing, you're right. This would, this does work against him as well. I argue, okay, yeah. well, it work against you as well, but particularly because authors love their iconography a lot more. Um, I'd say it works really well against like the Seventh Council, for example, um, the Seventh Ecumenical Council, where there was they'll either rely, where they'll rely on either, um, they'll either rely on quotes straight up out of context. Or they will rely on certain forgeries. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's a uh, the the question of forgeries. I think that's a really good yeah. question. To clarify, to uh, clarify, but, I was making fun of the argument from the dire perspective, just because it's very unself aware of the fact that you have like photos. Yeah, yeah. But with with like with pseudo Augustine, but th- this was a pretty universal problem in the medieval church. You had pseudo Augustine, yeah. which is oftentimes was works from Fulgentius or just literally made up. You had pseudo Jerome. You had you had pseudo everything and everybody. Yeah. But we ought not to degrade the value of some of these works too much. Yeah. Some of these yeah, forgeries no, because of they forgery, got re- they got received forgery, into the tradition, and yeah. a lot of times they were actually valid works that were done. They were just misattributed. But with right. things like the yeah. donation of Constantine, um, my my first thought would be that the donation of Constantine. It actually isn't a forgery because I said so. It isn't a dead forgery air. because I said so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dead air. Yeah, you know, I haven't really uh, thought about the donation know, of Constantine much, as, as, but as um, note, I had a thought. I'm trying to figure out how to formulate it. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting note on the on the donation of Constantine with a bit of dead air. Uh, you know, good old um, Marky, Mark of Ephesus Town, our favorite, Mark of Ephesus. He, he accepted the donation as, as valid. He thought it was... Uh, a valid they didn't think it was a forgery at all that's there an interesting side note. shout out mark of ephesus for that there you go yeah fun side pseudo wagner pseudo the other paul pseudo alex pseudo Caden. that's gonna be good like when we, it's gonna be flattery once we find that people are making forgeries in our name that's gonna be pretty yeah good. oh yeah i have what uh, up holy congrats. smokes what's up holy smokes i have a pipe with me right now 
I'm just eating dinner, so I haven't he, been. He, he smelled your um. He smelled your smoke all the way from wherever he is. I did yes. smell my smoke from all the way where I am, which is in North Carolina. Come to my address, everybody. Please do. <laughs> so I'm ever, I'm ever in North Carolina. I'm going to uh, send a dust bomb to Christian's house. Please do. I will. I will take over a passenger jet and fly to your house. <laughs> mm. You like said you were half. You said you were half. You said you were half Middle Eastern, right? Yep. Me that's him. Right. Mm. him. I was like, I'm not. <laughs> look at me, bro. Do I look yeah, for, former Muslim, half Middle Eastern. This is good. <laughs> kind of getting shady, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, play. I'm gonna play my ringtone for you guys. He's not. Uh, Paul isn't full Middle Eastern. He has a Nokia. That's like the. That's like the peak Middle Eastern. They all have Nokia still. Like you're like over forty. So, and yeah, this is my this is my ringtone, Arabic Nokia. The other Paul has been debunked. So, so what do you think about? Um, that was oh, he figured out how to unmute himself. You know, I'm still trying to think about the whole donation of Constantine question. I guess well, I haven't thought about that one too much. I was gonna say that. Um, oh wait, uh, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna look it up in in verbum there, and I'll obviously get somebody who figured out the question better than me. Then I'll read the quote to the BQ. Wikipedia.com slash <laughs> of constant. Yeah, actually, so here's, here's oh, wait, wait, the other the other Paul. I have a question for you. So this is this isn't even like so I tried to figure this out for the longest time as a Protestant. I listened to everybody's responses, but I never found any of them to be uh satisfying. So about the uh the whole question of whether scripture is a fallible collection of infallible books. Uh, my take on that? Yeah. In, in one sense, yes. In one sense, no. In the sense that there is, in the abstract, quote unquote, in, in, in God's perfect knowledge in that sense, there is an infallible canon. Like just as I, for example, not in the exact same way, but <clears throat> just as I would know the set of works and literature that I wrote, I have that set perfect knowledge of that in the well really in the highest sense god perfectly knows what works he has inspired and what ones he hasn't and if we simply grant that basic premise that god inspired certain works and not others then an infallible canon does exist at minimum in the mind of god so it does exist yes um which is why i don't like to focus on the canon issue like like issues of all an infallible knowledge of the canon because there's a difference between canon as a set versus individual books that's actually why i think it's much more valuable to focus on the question of the inspiration of specific books because even if someone because technically if someone has the exact same canon except for let's say esther or the um or like another addition to daniel for example like um bell and the dragon or whatever if someone's canon is exactly the same except for that one bit then technically one can say oh they got different canons now which is even though that's kind of meaningless because the the differences is like so bloody minute it's not funny, um, so so that's why I think canon questions in terms of thinking of as a set can be a bit overplayed these days in terms of their severity. Whereas thinking of the individual books 
and the inspiration of individual books is much more important. But yes, with respect to human knowledge, like our human knowledge, yes, I'd say we have a fallible knowledge of an infallible canon. That is a canon God knows of, God established. Um, but of course, to keep in mind, fallible can also mean you have 99.99999% certainty of something, um, like moral certainty, but be- just because of the nature of man, we still have the capacity to fail. The mere capacity to fail is what allows something to be fallible, no matter how morally certain it is. So we could, for example, have the highest reasonable moral certainty on what the canon is, and still it's technically a fallible knowledge. So simply saying fallible knowledge doesn't mean anything because because like I'll hear mainly Jay Dyer, for example, go like go off his nutter about that. Where he's like, oh, R- uh, who was it, R.C. Sproul? He's like, uh, R.C. Sproul himself said that we have a fallible knowledge of an infallible canon. And that's just that's just an absurd idea. And, I'm, and he just says that. I'm just like, well, why why is it? Why is it absurd? How's it how's it not true? Do you think that any human has overcome the noetic effects of sin? Like, do you not think that every human has the capacity to fail intellectually in some way? Then yes, we do have a fallible knowledge of an infallible canon. So not when you have that's what I say. Not when you have to. No, I got the noose, man. I can't be wrong. Okay, okay. Would phrasing would phrasing this be better? Okay. We have a um, inductive knowledge of a um, of we have an inductive knowledge of a canon of revealed books. Yeah, like there's two. That's that's accurate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard for me to buy. You know, it's just like I, I can't really put into words why that's so difficult to buy. Your knowledge, but, your knowledge is that esoteric. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, so actually, I was I was looking at I was looking at this up while you were saying that. Yeah. yeah. And this is since about the time of 1400, there's been a knowledge that the the donation of Constantine was a forgery. Yeah. So this this precedes. Um, the Protestant Reformation. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't get how that's like a really, really uh, terrible, um, like strike to Rome's claims. I just well, think, there, I was, think there was some dude who wanted money, so he wrote a false document and handed it to people, and everybody was like, "Wow, this is amazing." I mean, if you found a like a document from, um, I don't know, Third Clement, and Third Clement hey. was like, "Justification is by faith alone." Get trolled, you stupid Roman Catholics. Yeah, and like I'm not the Pope, and like kiss my butt. Like I'm sure if I'm sure if somebody forged that and then handed it to like Luther, Luther would Luther would like send that to everybody. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think like uh, it's basically the same idea. I think uh, I I just have a question. He put it that. in the canon, bro. Part of the issue is that because uh, of the way apologetics work nowadays, people forget like almost every argument anyone proposes ever is a, a cumulative argument. Like no, there's no like it's not like the donation of we didn't build the papacy upon the donation of Constantine or something, yeah. right? Like it's much more of a complicated, nuanced position than that that develops over time. It, it depends on how it, how much it depends on how much weight they put on the con, on the donation. Yeah, which is why, I, to be fair to Paul, although I mean him disagree, obviously, like that's why I think the second Nicaea is a much more interesting debate because it's actually you have much more cumulative evidence there that's being that's questionable in its authenticity than just mm-hmm. one document with the donation. Uh, and I also yeah. I wanted to ask Paul a question because I was curious. I I wanted to ask him this the other day, but I forgot to. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on dispensationalism? Um, I don't, That's a big question, I know, but I'm just curious. It, yeah, I know. Like, look, it's <laughs> the whole idea of a 
dispensation of works and a dispensation of grace all that yeah. jazz put it very mildly because I, I don't read on it a whole time but just from what i see of what it said i'm just like yeah nah Ew. yeah nah. <laughs> more like cringe and sation what was that comment above it was um every human fails but christ said the holy spirit will lead us in all truth the church functioned this way with infallible truth at the council of jerusalem that is true what, yes like because they were inspired apostles with the power of public revelation that's why that's why I, think, I, still don't, I still don't understand maybe it's just my dense intellect why probably. infallible authority yeah. um necessitates revelation what do you mean by that in in the proper sense oh in terms of it's not it's not that in the abstract it does it's oh. just that with the what i believe with the the categories that are established the claims made by scripture on the nature of infallibility that i believe it's predicated on ex exclusively predicated on the power of revelation, revelation prophecy yeah so not that in, in a mere abstract logical sense no i'm not i'm not saying that okay i'm understanding um, your objection a little bit a little bit okay. more i'm trying to yep. get it through my mind so yeah, I will, there's many things that's logically there's many things that's logically perfectly acceptable but it's just look if the evidence doesn't support it the evidence doesn't support it like for yeah. example i don't the only the only real presence um theory that i don't have any problem with any objection with is the well shock and horror the, the reformed spiritual presence of christ in the eucharist i don't have any metaphysical objection to it all at all um but There's i'm nonetheless no still, metaphysical issues I'm, with transplantation. I'm, I'm still nonetheless a zwinglian just because i don't think even the spiritual presence view is uh is, is warranted what are your um well, the question I had to ask another, I had to ask Paul another question about a word that ends in ism. By the way, the answer to this Holy Smokes question is no. Uh, you should do a stream on that sometime, Christian. We people ask us all the time. Mm. But uh, the, the short answer is no. I'm going to get to my question, though. Is that other Paul, what are your thoughts on uh, um, good old uh, cessationalism? What are your thoughts on cessationalism? It is fake and gay. Right. <laughs> I call myself a reformed Pentecostal slash charismatic for a reason. That's because yeah. cessationists. Cessationism is fake and gay, and so are cessationists. I refuse to believe cessationists actually exist. They're all holograms projected by the, the World Economic Forum. To what are your thoughts on John MacArthur? <laughs> yeah, he's he's fake. He's a, he's a, what are your thoughts on people that think that Calvin was a, a cessationalist? I've seen some people posit that before. They think Calvin. Yes, he, well, I think he is, and I believe it was in response to the, cl the claims of miracles by the Roman Catholics. So that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I think it was against the spiritualists, actually. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, well, I'd have to read it then, but uh, yeah, I'd say on that issue he was kind of he was he was very cringe because John Owen was very uh, foundational when it came to the cessationist claims, and yeah. basically with with John Owen, um, he was writing against certain sects of uh, sectarian Protestants like the other Paul, who uh, <laughs> who were who were claiming like miracles and stuff. <laughs> What a, um, I'm thinking of, is there any other big ism words? I'm gonna, yeah, okay, here we go. One more. I got one more ism word I'm gonna post out. Actually, let me let me ask, actually, you know what? This would be relevant for Christian because of his part. So I'll, I'll ask him an ism question. So, okay. uh, Christian, what are what, what were and what are your thoughts on anti disestablishmentarianism? That's a big word. That's a very big word. <laughs> just processing like the AOL are you talking, the are you AOL, talking the, the AOL are you, dial up are you talking about like the established like establish like the establishment of the church anti-disestablishmentarianism so disestablishmentarianism is i think about basically dismantling or separating the church of england from the state yeah, yeah from the state anti-disestablishmentarianism against that so i agree with the yeah. i agree I actually agree with the tractarians it should have been uh disestablished 
because the way that it ended up happening is the church basically just like bullied the state into doing whatever it wanted. I mean, the state bullied the church into doing whatever it wanted. Yeah. I'm okay with the church bullying the state into doing whatever it wanted. It's not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, that's very interesting that like I was reading. So I was I, I was talking to, to Christian today about starting to read some Newman, and I was reading it last night, and like he just kind of like talked about like this moment where he gets like red pilled and like Erastianism, and he's like, yeah, I, they're just gay and stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> he talks about like how he used to be a liberal in Oxford, but then like he went on a walk and like someone like red pilled him on Erastianism. He's like, yeah, it's dumb, and that was not the establishment of, the, of his thought in the process. But yeah, right. um, the other ism question I had, I had, um, or I guess I actually want to hear both of your thoughts on this. Actually, I think you both have interesting comments. One from a Catholic perspective, and one from a Protestant perspective. So, what are your guys' thoughts on? Um, Wesleyanism and Armenianism as a whole and that whole movement. Cringe. Um, so, okay, so Armenianism. So Armenia, I don't believe they're a legitimate state. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the Azerbaijani invasion was 100% justified. That's yeah, what yeah. we're talking about, right? No, no, I meant, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh Jacob Arminius. It reminds yeah, yeah. me. It reminds me of a really funny Babylon. Hang on, let me find the Babylon Bay article. I want to Babylon. point out the, the Protestant, I've, the Protestant fruit of De Molina. That's what I think about it. I've been on, I've been on Christian streams maybe ten times now. I don't think I've ever gone a single stream without mispronouncing something. I think every single time I mispronounce at least one thing. So he's <laughs> <laughs> he's the article. He's the article from the. I'll post it. I'll post it to you guys in the chat. Uh, it's freaking hilarious. It's just the, the title alone is worth it, but it says uh, Babylon B survey nations. Calvinists strongly support war with Armenia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, this is a good question. If the Nicene Creed is not infallible on what basis can the church excommunicate those who disagree It's an eternal issue and it better be right. So here's the problem. We're talking about like the the, what things are in their very nature and essence infallible. So is the Nicene Creed, obviously my perspective, is the Nicene Creed in and of itself infallible? No, there is the potential that it could have been wrong because it wasn't established by inspired men. That's not the same thing, however, as saying that the truths within it are infallible or at bare minimum based upon something that is infallible. And so just like every, everyone has to do this, everyone has to do this in every day because we don't have a little infallible Magisterio 3000 bot next to us to give us infallible answers every year whenever we have a question. 3, That's it, yeah. So we we have to, with our fallible minds, quote unquote, make true application from infallible sources all the time. That's the norm. Even on the local church level, that happens all the time. And so the a church could still excommunicate on the basis of it because that church takes the Nicene Creed as a true exposition of what Holy Scripture says. And then so on the basis of that, if someone says, if someone says, oh, no, I deny homoousios, or oh, I deny that Jesus is true God from true God, then they excommunicate that on that basis, not strictly speaking on the basis of the Nicene Creed, but because the Nicene Creed itself, the church believes, the local church, the, any given church believes that it is actually an authentic expression of what the Scriptures say. And so... It does have a derivative authority in a certain sense, just by nature of what it says, not by the nature of uh, the body that composed it. So that that would be the difference I, between us. I would. I, th I, would I think that I think that degrades a bit the the authority of scripture, though, because I mean, I theoretically, theoretically, informally, you can say all you want that you hold to the infallible authority and the soul uh, that scripture is the sole judge of doctrine. But if you have no instrument for uh, 
applying that and uh, having it practically be infallible, then I mean, it's kind of uh, practically kind of infallible. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying the church is now infallible in their disciplinary judgments now? No, not in their disciplinary judgments. I'm talking merely uh, judicially, such as uh, in, in the Nicene Creed. Mm-hmm. That would be a doctrinal judgment. And I would say that uh, when, when it comes to a denial of an infallible magisterium, that you have taken scripture, uh, in our view, scripture is something which can be practically used as infallible to something which is merely theoretically um, infallible. I practically use as infallible, and, you, and you're holding scripture to be uh, only theoretically infallible, not practically well, no, infallible. Well, well, that doesn't work because all I need to do is expand the set of authorities to show that that applies to everyone. If, if that is a problem, I don't think that's a problem at all, but if that is a problem, that's a problem for everyone because I could just expand the set. So Sola Scriptura, that's the full set of infallible authorities for the church today. Let's expand that. The full set of infallible authorities for the Catholic church today, magisterium, tradition, scripture, all together, mushed together. They're the soul. In different the senses. They're, yeah, the, well, allegedly the consensus, but um, the, the they're all together the infallible authority of the church. And now, okay, they've got theoretical infallibility. Can your local, does your local priest have the infallible interpretive ability of any of those authorities? No, Sometimes. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Sometimes. I wanted to, no. uh, all no. I wanted to say was that I think it was he participates. He participates. It's always, we're always, since on, just by the mere fact that our faiths are established on certain infallible documents or things that communicate things to us we all have a theoretical infallibility but to an extent not a practical not a full practical infallibility the only way you could fully affirm practical infallibility would be to say that there's infallibility everywhere along the entire chain if why 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 would why would i need to have a plenary um practical infallibility and not say that there is some sort of a uh, some sort of instrument which is uh, cert- in certain respects the magisterium, because the priest does participate in his bishop's magisterium, but it's not an infallible magisterium. It's merely something which is, the which whole is question authoritative. Hand, yes. So I, I don't, I don't simply, get... I, I say, this, this also gets back to uh, Scripture being an authority, because hmm. I, I don't get... I don't get how a text itself can be an authority. That would like that would be like saying, okay, the the Constitution is an authority. Well, yeah, it's an authority insofar as it's a material principle by which the those granted authority judge. It's authority because it's derived. It has authority, quote unquote, because it's derived from God, as the very words of God. So we're not saying Correct. the mere text itself, this literal piece of paper right here, yeah. has authority. I, I, in and of I understand itself. that it's derived from God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, again, that's going to be on the mere level of theory and not on the level of application and practice. Because how can how can you okay? But so what? Use scripture as an infallible. So what? To which I'd say, to which I'd say, so what? Because you could only you could only theoretically. Because remember what I mentioned before. This is why I brought this up. Why simply saying something's not infallible is not the same thing as saying it's not reliable or you can't have moral certainty. There is a world of difference between that. Mm. We can say, so let's say in this example, um, so we have the infallible thing of in theory, the scriptures, but then the application, quote unquote, is fallible. So let's say the Nicene Creed. That's what we'd be talking yeah. about here. We can say because the, and, and here's the thing, even if your objection is true, that wouldn't change anything if the facts if the facts do bear out that only the apostles and those who inspired scripture were infallible and no one else after is that would be an objection we'd both to deal with if, if history actually bore it out, um, which is what I'd focus on. But nonetheless, let's say that we can still say, okay, the Nicene Creed, it's technically fallible because it's written by fallible men, not inspired by God. And yet 
given the same tool set that we all have to work with, our my brain and all that stuff and mm -hmm. theological method, historical method, all that jazz, given all that, which we all use, we all have to rely on 100%. Yeah. Given that yeah. we can say we have a moral certainty, a mm. near absolute, technically not infallible, but a moral certainty that the Nicene Creed accurately reflects what the scriptures say. And so in that respect, we do have a practical certainty in, in many areas. We have a practical certainty from uh, for our application from the scriptures, even though it is not technically infallible. Because everyone yeah, has to rely I, I, under, I understand the concept of, of moral certainty. Yes. But again, the question keeps getting getting pushed back to 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 the fact that Nicaea isn't the only question we've had to deal with mm. is is what kind of moral certainty is there about, um, for example, with the uh, sixth ecumenical council in monothelitism? Mm. That's a grave error, uh, but mm. I, I, I'm not understanding how there can be this the same moral certainty that we have. And also, your position seems to be a bit anachronistic, in, in a sense, because uh, really, um, before, I don't know, 300 years ago, that probably even less than that, 150 years ago, there's no way in which it would it would function like this. Basically, you go to church and listen to your priest. What do you, what do you mean my position is anachronistic? What do you mean by that? Well, it... Your, your position wouldn't, uh, it, it sounds nice in theory, but it wouldn't work for most of the history of the church is what I'm saying. What, that that church statements aren't infallible? No, what, when, when you, I, I may be misunderstanding here. Uh, probably. What, what you're saying. Pro because let me, let me, I might probably. suspect where you're going with this. I'm not yes. saying that therefore every individual has equal capacity in interpreting scripture. Mm -hmm. Right? I believe... I very more strongly than many others, you know, unfortunately, in the pro circles, believe yeah. in the reality of authority of shepherds and all that yeah. jazz. There's a spiritual authority there. Yeah. And but and I would say, what's the base of that? The base of that is because that is their very job to do that, to study the scriptures, to understand the will of God more. And simply by virtue of you mm. being a less learned, less educated layman, yes, yeah. you should have a, you should have a at least a default obedience and submission mm. to your pastor and what they say on matters of theology in the same way that Jesus in the same way that it's commanded that the, um, that, that Paul commands that children obey their parents, even though parents are obviously not infallible, but nonetheless, yeah. there is a default role there. There is yeah. a default superiority to be yeah. followed. So that's how I would say but for, for um, most of the history of the church, where the, where, where the big, the, the huge debates happen, isn't where you have a few uneducated laymen, although, that wicked heretic Arius did use layman and the wicked heretic Luther did the same thing. Uh, um, <laughs> but when, uh, it comes, when it comes to shepherds disagreeing with shepherds is there was periods in the church where you had um, a lot of shepherds in, uh, in many high places, Paul of Saint. Um, yeah. Like um, what about uh, just to point out a really good example? Uh, like what about monophysitism, which are monophysitism, whatever you want to call it. Right. And Chalcedon, yeah. the, the of Chalcedon, where basically every bishopric besides Rome, I'm not going to make that a papacy embassy argument, but that just happens to be the fact, happened at some point to be occupied by a monophysite. And interestingly enough, yeah. in the Arian controversy too, Rome was the Rome was the bulwark of orthodoxy there too. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm not I'm understanding how, how you, how you take this like, from the local parish level of yeah. like, okay, we, we, we get pastor, pastor authority, man. We listen to authority, man. 
to, okay, now we have authority man disagreeing with other authority man, and we have 90% of the authority men disagreeing with the truth of the 10% held by the rock of St. Peter in Rome, such as in the Monophysite. Oh, yes, that rock that is the Christ himself. Yes, that rock. Correct, it is Christ uh, himself. Uh, and I would I would just say that— And it's Peter, kind of, and it's his confession. To, not to kind of go into, bit, into what Christian was saying just a tiny bit, it does seem to be kind of uh, taking for granted how black and white a lot of those conflicts seem in retrospect, but weren't so black and white when you lived it during the time. Well, I can't That's comment. Okay, so on the monothelite or the miaphysite issues, I can't comment a whole time because I haven't studied them. So I want to have that intellectual humility. I can't say how morally certain the scriptures are or not on that issue. To which I'd simply say, okay, that's something we have to deal with. Sometimes we may have to make judgments on less than a major moral certainty. That's perf- that's perfectly fine. That's normal. That's that's happened all throughout Christian history, throughout um, what you might call it, throughout Israelite history as well. That's the norm. God's expecting us to use our brains to come to these conclusions. And to which I'd further say, this only becomes an issue if you if you make the universal church, quote unquote the highest priority of all things in terms of practical matters. Whereas I'd argue, I'd say that all of our immediate priorities, all of our highest priority is not the full integrity and forced unity of everyone who claims to be Christian and all that, but most immediately and most importantly, your local congregation, your people it's localism. Localism is fact and true. And one good one good phrase I know of, um, because it's actually the name of a conference of these really good reformed guys who are basically starting like self-sufficient communities and that county before country. All right. So your loyalty is first and foremost. Your concerns are first and foremost for your own house, your own local house. And then only afterwards, if you have a if you have any concern or priority with those outside of it, it's only because you've you have a full dealing with everyone inside your house. So I would simply say if, for example, okay, so everyone people have to submit to their local bishops and all that, the less educated have to submit to their priest, bishop, pastor, whoever on matters of spiritual direction and all that jazz. That's fine. That's normal. But then when it comes to bishops submitting with other bishops and they don't have to blah, 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 I'd simply say it's a different ball game because the congregation, the local congregation itself is the center and every bishop has that responsibility to come to and enforce truth. And if that means, if that means, if there, if a bishop does, like for example, good old Athanasius, have a conviction to maintain the truth, to maintain what he believes is the truth, despite what 90% of everyone else is saying, then you go with the truth. Because fundamentally, the truth is rested on certain revelations, certain inspiration, and not simply the majority vote, which, let's be real, that's what your system is. The majority vote. Yeah. The consensus of the fathers. Well, it's a moral consensus. 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 But wait, wait till I tell you about the consensus of the schoolmen, which is also infallible. <laughs> if the various schools agree on some doctrine, it is reckoned as infallible. It's called the consensus of the schoolmen. What about the consensus? So, so that would be consensus scholarum. Yes, I think that I think that's actually. What uh, about the what about the consensus of the people who appear on militant okay. Thomas live streams? Wait, say that okay. again. The consensus of the people who appear on militant Thomas live streams. There, there's no, there is no, there is no consensus. Of, of the people I can't think of one issue where we all agree on. Um, um, let, let me, let me, I'm, I'm going to try an argument from uh, that I read. Uh, I can't remember who I read it from, but I'm, I'm just going to try it. Just, just test the waters. I'm just curious. 
not not uh not throwing out something too difficult. So this consensus stuff is strong parallels. Could you s- goy for Jesus? It does. Don't, it does. Goy, goy for Jesus. Goy for Jesus. Don't call everyone you disagree with it, Judaizer, and tell them they have <laughs> some sort of, and tell them that they have some sort of. No, uh, even worse. I'm just, mental, no, everyone, everyone mental illness challenge. Wait, wait, wait. Goy for Jesus. Don't tell everybody that they're actually Jews and have mental illness challenge for five minutes. Impossible. <laughs> what are your? Um, hey, he doesn't call people mentally ill. Come uh, on. What? What is safety net syndrome? Paul cannot consistently condemn the consensus view of doctrine since he needs that to establish the theonustos nature of any book. No, I need I need reliable historical evidence that can come through consensus, but not necessarily. Sounds like you're not a pre-sub, dude. Listen, I got the news. I pre I presuppose I presuppose your mom. Canadian Catholic uh... is destroying you right now. The other Paul. I was gonna say, Christian, it's already like forty-five. Do you want to go like right into the chill stream, or how do you want to do that? Oh crap! It's eight forty-five. I have fifteen minutes. More like more like snow Mexican Catholic. Okay, I will see you guys in fifteen minutes. Remember to become a patron at patreon.com/slash militant Thomas to get access to the chill stream. I should probably spend the next fifteen minutes with my wife, but I will talk to you guys later. And goodbye, um, brand somewhere. Um, where is it? You know what? I'm just ending the broadcast.